Hey there, Second City Hockey listeners, it's Dave Melton here, and before we get to the show, I wanted to let you in on a little secret. All of those ads you just heard, if you want to listen to the show without them, visit secondcityhockey.com and sign up for either one of our subscription tiers, where the perks include ad-free versions of the Musings on Madison podcast. And with the first overall selection in the 2023 NHL Draft, the Chicago Blackhawks are very proud to select from the Regina Pats, the Western Hockey League, Connor Bedard. Welcome in to another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. It's the first episode of 2024. We hope everyone listening to this and not listening to this had a great holiday season, however you decide to celebrate. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager at Second City Hockey. You can find me on Twitter at DMelt57. And if you're listening to this, uh, you probably know the drill by now, but uh, it's a new year, but we still could use all the same support we asked for in 2023. Uh, you can leave us a five-star review wherever it is you listen to this podcast. SecondCityHockey.com is the website with all of our content, and if you sign up there for the Connor Bedard tier at five, or $10 a month or the Corey Crawford tier at $5 a month, that is the, one of the best ways you can support uh, our, all of our endeavors, and it gets you access to exclusive content that we're going to be continuing to do throughout the season. There's also some merch on there available. If you got some Christmas cash to spend, feel free to th- throw it at us. We'd much appreciate any support you can send our way. Uh, we're a little shorthanded this evening. We actually, uh, LBR is on assignment. She's actually in the crowd at the Blackhawks and Predators game, which is in the second intermission right now. And we're going to be recording during the third period. And the way this game is going, she might be suiting up for the Blackhawks by the end of it. But I'm going to bring in my other two line mates who are with me this evening. Up first, he's on Twitter at Mill182, and he is the Second City Hockey. What Elliot Lurie is to Looking Glass, it's Mill Savage. Happy New Year, everybody. Merry New Year to you as well. Um... I don't know if we have any New Year's resolutions or anything like that on this podcast, but uh, really. here's to, here's to good conversations and good food takes and nobody else getting fucking hurt. Well, don't get your hopes up on the last one. The other one, yeah, we'll see. But uh, as far as no one getting hurt, like uh, uh, Colin Blackwell, I guess, has not been on the bench uh, in this game or near the end of the second period, he wasn't on the bench anymore. And Anthony Bavillier skated to the bench, holding his wrist in what looked like a, just looked not good. So uh, I'm not going to speculate, but I'll just say it didn't look very encouraging. So um, we're, we're not off to a good start in 2024 here in terms of Blackhawks and being healthy. Uh, no, no. <laughs> uh, also with us this evening on Twitter at Eric G E G. It is the official second city hockey pizza correspondent, Eric Gagenheimer. Uh, I've been enjoying my kids have been off school for whatever nine days now. Um, they've gotten super into video games. And so I got them Tony Hawk pro skater for Christmas. That's one of the things I got them. Oh, and there they you love go. it. And it makes me so happy. It has been the best. So we've been playing a lot of pro skater lately. So that's at least some positive skating. And then yes. everything else involving skating. We'll talk about this evening. Probably not so positive. And it is all, all time or. And is it yeah. not only is it a great video game, it's soundtrack. an incredible soundtrack. Yep. And and it was like one of the many things that opened my uh, musical uh, 
musical avenues to other genres that I may not have known otherwise. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's some, uh, that's some quality parenting you've been doing there. Eric. Nice work. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's, that's good. I was trying to figure a way to sing that into, uh, the Blackhawks and not quality parenting, but, <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's just, it's been a rough stretch for the Hawks. I'll, I'll be honest though. Over the last two weeks, I haven't been able to watch, too much of the action with all the holiday stuff going on. Um, but I, it doesn't sound like I've missed much with the way uh, things have been going lately. Uh, in the last two weeks, there's uh they beat the jets two to one a few days after Christmas. And that was cool. But outside of that, there's a seven to five loss to the blues, which the Hawks, I think were winning that game five to two and then lost uh, the Canadians beat them five to two. The stars beat them five to four. That was a pretty close game. Went to overtime. And then on new year's Eve, this eight to one Dallas stars blowout that, uh, I was busy that night as well. And I just, I checked my phone two or three times. And every time I looked, there was another Dallas goal. So I just decided to stop looking at my phone because I didn't want to see how many goals there were. Um, but Eric, I know you had some thoughts about something that's been uh, popping up in the last few weeks as, uh, all these games have been happening. So I'll, I'll let you get, get us started this evening. Well, I think the, the big thing, or at least recently is, and this was something, and we kind of talked about this before we started recording um was you know john scott's been doing commentating between periods and stuff and he was kind of all over bedard's case the other night for not back checking on a couple goals um in the dallas game and saying you know how he has to get back and actually watching i watched pretty much most of the five to four game and um, they ended up losing and they lost in overtime with like whatever, five or 10 seconds left. And it was kind of cause Bedard came on right at the end and he was really cheating, hoping to get a break so that he would get a rush up ice and have a chance to win the game. Like right before, you know, they would have gone to a shootout. Um, I just, I, I guess I understand the impetus to want to like, say something if you see a mistake being made, but it's also to me like what, you Winnipeg that Winnipeg game that overtime winner like that is the best possible that's what you're going to get like that's the most enjoyable stuff we're going to get this season is when he's just like fuck it I'm scoring um, <laughs> and for fuck it it's time to go home yeah exactly like that's enough of this like let's end yeah. this game um but that that's the other side of that coin and also like I think he feels like he has to cheat and he feels like he has to cheat offensively because he's the only one doing anything. No one else is doing anything. So he's already offensively the best player on the team. He has been since he was drafted, you could probably say, uh, but he's done nothing but prove that, you know, through the first third of the season or so here. So it's, it's hard if you're looking at a big picture and you want to say like you want him to be more defensively responsible and you don't want him developing bad habits or whatever, like I can kind of see that maybe a little bit, but also this is a, this team is not indicative of the type of team that, you know, knock on wood, he's hopefully going to be playing on a few seasons from now where I'm not concerned at all about him defensively or his defensive effort whatsoever. He reads the game and understands the game. That's part of what makes him so good is he does it in a way that, no one else does or very few other people can. And once he's on a better team, I think defensively that'll translate a lot more too. So it's not anything that I'm like particularly concerned about. It's just interesting that it seems like all of a sudden, and there 
there's been some bad stretches. They're in the midst of a bad stretch. You know, obviously the team is not playing very well. You have to find things to talk about. You're going to find things you want to complain about when they're not doing well. That's a thing you can complain about, but I don't know. It's, it's nothing to me. It does not matter at all. Look, if John Scott's going to say anything to kind of Bedard, I hope it's more of just, uh, can I have your autograph? Can can I carry your bag (laughs) out to your car, sir? Like I just, there's nothing, there is nothing that I, I, I'm, there's nothing John Scott can teach Connor Bedard about hockey. I'm I'm fully confident saying that John Scott seems like a nice guy. Good for him and all that. But like, if, if you, I would be surprised if somebody from the Blackhawks front office, cause they have some sort of controlling interest in NBC sports, Chicago as a network, like someone should be calling him up. Like get this fucking guy off the TV screen. If he's going to be trashing Bedard, what is he doing? What? What? Yeah, that's, I, uh, we were talking a little bit about the John Scott thing. Like, I just, I don't, I don't get why he's there. And if he's like to like, there's, there's, there's like an area of like pointing out that Connor Bernard's game isn't perfect, but also if like you could take it to an extreme, that's just ridiculous. And um, yeah, I just not, I just, just the thought of John Scott saying anything about Connor Bernard. He played like 300 NHL games and had 11 career points, but Dard had that in two weeks. So. I know who I'm going to for hockey thoughts. Um, the the one thing you did say though, and I'm I'm smooth this over to Mill in a second is uh, just this stretch that they're in right now. Um, everybody's getting hurt. Seth Jones is out. Taylor Radish just went out. Tyler Johnson is out. None of these names are like household names. Although Seth Jones is their number one defenseman. And then Bavillier got hurt tonight. It seems like Colin Blackwell might have something going on. So all these injuries are piling up. This is starting to feel like the stretch they had last season where they won two games out of 23. Uh, I don't think it was as injury uh, affected last season as, as it is this time around, but until some of these guys get back, this already bad team is worse and they're just not good enough. So I don't know if you had any thoughts related to that mill, but they're just, I, I don't know what else to expect out of this team until some of these other guys start coming back from injury. No, you're right. I mean, they're not good enough. Um, they look slower at a lot of times than they did earlier in the year. And I know it's like mid season, but it's it it the pace of play is not what it really can be. Um, certain players especially. But also like they look like a lot of back and forth. Like they almost are like good, get it the fuck out of the zone one and done. <laughs> because you know, it's I mean, I'm sure it's wearing on them, but it doesn't look like they're even trying to set stuff up at points. Yeah, like I just, I, I I don't know what else to say. Like they're just they they were already outgunned, and now they're even more outgunned because they're they're have players hurt. Like you know they're they're just started the third period in this national game. It's only it, they're only down one to nothing. It seems like they've been giving a valiant effort, but I, again I didn't see much of the Stars game on New Year's Eve, but. You could tell me the Hawks could show up, play a very hard, determined game, and still get their asses kicked. That's just the nature of the talent gap that exists between them and other teams in the NHL right now. You know that, and also, I don't know, across pro sports, it just seems like there's so many more injuries lately. <laughs> did, did something happen to the Steelers that I missed? or Not not just them. <laughs> every Every NFL team, basketball right now, like, guys are going down. Like I mean, look at the NFL quarterbacks this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know if it's the level of play and the speed and the, you know, the surface or what it is, but people are getting hurt. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a bad stretch. And like, I, I don't think there's anything 
I don't think there's really a good remedy for it anytime soon until some of these players start coming back from these injuries because, um, you know, like they, they try, we were joking beforehand that they, they brought on Taylor Hall as a uh, offensive compliment to Bedard within a month, like a month or so he blew out his knees out for the season. So they go out and get Anthony Bavillier, who is not like he's an NHL player, but certainly not on Taylor Hall's level at any point. And then he's back for a month and now he might be out for a while. Cause again, his injury didn't look so great. So I just, I, I don't know what else to say, what else there is to do. Like they're down a bunch of forwards. They're down their number one defenseman. Like Eric, like, I don't, I don't know what your thoughts are, but like, this is just kind of the way this shit's going to be for a while. I, there's levels though. Like yeah. Bavillier and Blackwell and Tyler Johnson and Athanasio, like those are different players than, and no offense to them, like Antwistle and Kachuk. Mm-hmm. And like, but, and that's what we joked about a couple of weeks ago. Like it doesn't matter which line Reichel's on because they're all the fourth line except for Bedard's line. But like that's really the case. And it's they're at the point now. I mean, they called up Sini if, Blackwell and Bavillier are both hurt. Like you can't Doc is in concussion protocol down in Rockford. Like I really don't even know who they have to call up other than like <laughs> these journeymen, like your David Gusts and your Sini and yeah. like, you know, yeah. And, Joey and, and some of these hurt. guys are like, already here. Like Joey Anderson's already here. Brett Sini's already here. Like they're Anderson's they, hurt too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He got hurt too. So, I mean, there's, it's, it's almost comical in a sense, you know, that there's nothing you can do. I mean, you have to kind of be like, and ultimately they're still supposed to lose this year. Like, Oh, it looks like Blackwell's back. Um, oh, okay. The, he's, he was, the season he was just is skating. Yeah. Listen, stop, he was, stop. He's already dead. Yeah. <laughs> he's been pretty good. I always liked, I liked Blackwell a lot when he was on New York. So it was nice to see him that Colorado game. He was great. He was running all over everybody. And you know, he, he made somewhat of a difference. But I mean, it's they're supposed to lose this year. It'd be great if it was an eight-one to the stupid Dallas Stars, who then feel mm. the need to play Chelsea Dagger again for oh, some reason. Like, yeah. By the way, like, what the fuck is that about? Like, if you knocked the Blackhawks out of the playoffs in 2014 and you played Chelsea Dagger in your celebration, I would tip my cap. That's some a that's some top-notch trolling. You're beating a team that is not trying to win. Why? Why? Yeah, why enjoy your this? fucking Stanley Cup twenty five years ago. Yeah, and Hull Skate was in the crease anyway. <laughs> exactly, it was in the crease, you motherfucker. I know, uh, I know. I sorry agree. To, sorry to cut you off, we, Eric. We all do. No, I mean it's it's just you know it'd be great if every game was you know the game they lost by one goal to the Canucks or the game that they beat Avalanche you know or like uh, the Dallas game where they hung with them or the Winnipeg game where that you know you're not. That's going to be every maybe five to ten games you'll get one of those. So it's it's a really long season. It's going to keep going on. You just want you don't want any of the really important guys to get hurt, um, and you'd like you know Vlasic and Phillips and hopefully Reichel can figure out what the hell is going on. You'd like some of these guys to have more time and play big minutes and be able to develop, especially because there's really no one else to play right now. So. I think that's really the only kind of silver lining you can look at. You know, hopefully this guarantees them they end up with a top three pick, you know, at the end of the year, because it looks like right now they're going to be much worse than they were last year, um, which I don't even know how that's possible. Yeah. Is it but, too late for them to sign Jonathan Taves? <laughs> I saw someone make that joke on Twitter, actually, about the Hawks signing Taves. 
Yeah, I think he would send Davidson straight to voicemail at this point. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, never if, turning if, that call. He calls, that. No. He's like, fuck that. I'm 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 golfing. <laughs> yep. Good for him. I I, so, I looked it up. The Hawks had, I think it was they're up to 36 games now, so the math on this is a little off. I believe they were at uh 22 points after 34 games. And I think last season it was 20 points after three. So they're only two points ahead of last season's pace and they might sl- start falling behind pretty soon. If some of these results don't start turning in their favor. And as we are watching this game, they are in 31st in the 32 team league and the San Jose sharks are three points behind with an extra game played. So See, we're next back to- year, go ahead, Mill. If this is next year and people are healthy and there's younger guys who are called up who aren't in the league yet and they sign some guys, I would say, but Dart will get you a couple. Like mm-hmm. he's he's that type of talent. Um, in overtime or just like having a three goal game or a four four point game, whatever it is. But there's nobody around him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's he, ju- it's I just mean, like like I think we all like Kurashev on this on this podcast, but he's not, I, I don't think he's a top line guy. Like he's, he's okay for now, but I think at some point in the not too distant future, you know, one, his future with the Hawks is still, I think very much up in the air. And two, it's probably not skating next to Bedard on the top line. It's probably closer to a third line role. Yeah. So, you know, and even if Lucas Reichel pans out, like he would probably be closer to a second and third line guy. Uh, and again, just to be realistic, just to be realistic with this GM, if he's not your guy, like it's easier to, for him to cut ties. It seems like, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I mean, he's a useful forward, but I would have yeah. to think, you know, I'd like to think that that would be one of the priorities is to find someone better to play with Bedard. You know, this yeah. you can't you can't count on Taylor Hall for anything. I mean, yeah. really, it's kind of foolish to do that in the first place. He's old and he's been injured the last few years, anyways. You know, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. So I think that's that should be their priority. And whether you consider that to be whoever they end up being able to draft, um, although if it's Eiserman, Eiserman's supposed to be going to school next year. So he wouldn't be here for another year in theory. Um, you know, I don't know if they would play Celebrini and Bedard together if they ended up with the one. Um, and then if they don't, I mean, then it's they're most likely looking at defense, which does nothing you know, for Bedard anyway, unless they want to reach and get a winger. So I don't know if you're looking at Nealon. Uh, it's, it's a long way away, but look, I think you guys might agree with me on this, but in this league, they need two really good forwards on one and the first and second line. They want one on each, but on the first line, they're going to need like the like Khrushchev can maybe be your three, your third guy, but they need another really good player with Bedard. It doesn't have to be a hall of fame guy, but a really good player. Yeah, that, I that is like th- that. I I think we talked about this a few weeks ago, maybe. But there was that. There's like a little concern that's been growing in the back of my mind that like the Ford talent in the system is not. There's not a lot of other top end talent there. Like Nazer seems like he could be a top line guy. Everyone else seems like if they pan out, they're probably more of a second line type or third or whatever. So there, you know, there's not. There's not a Taves to the uh, Jonathan Taves to the Patrick Kane that is Bedard on uh, in this group, you know, and so that, right. that that's a little, it's a little concerning for sure. Like maybe, but I'm maybe even looking good. at like go ahead, not to cut you off, but even like how Taves, how they gave him Hosa. Yeah, well, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, got to give him somebody. True. Yeah, and, and like maybe you know, may, 
maybe there's a free agent acquisition or two out there that need to be made. Hi, William Nylander. We'll keep talking about that. Or maybe martyr down the road or something like I, like there's, it's, it's, it's hard to bank on filling out your roster with free agents because you don't know which players are going to get to free agency, but they absolutely like that is going to be absolutely one of the biggest things we're going to need to watch for the next several seasons is if they are able to develop other able to develop other top line forwards to play with Bedard um, or just guys that complement him well enough to maximize the insane amount of talent that he has. I don't, and that's what, go ahead. No, I was going to say like something really jumped out to me watching when they played Minnesota a couple weeks ago and it was close for a minute and then Minnesota really pulled away and they had like some tic-tac-toe goals. Um, And that was a big game for Marco Rossi, but like, I love Kaprizov and that Kaprizov and like Zuccarello connection is a really weird one because it kind of came out of nowhere and Zuccarello is an older guy and he really didn't kind of take off. And you see the same thing in Dallas a little bit, like the way that Pavelski's kind of gelled with some of those guys. Like I think that I don't know who that player is, but there might be that type of player that you can find for now while you still develop some of these forwards. But that's, that's what he needs. He needs somebody with more skill who is kind of complimentary to him. And I think we all kind of hoped that maybe Kurashev might be able to be that, at least in the short term. And he's gotten a lot of points from playing with Bedard, but I don't think he really compliments him in that same type of way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, Zuccarillo, that was a guy they got, I think he was 34 when they got him. They got him from, I believe he from came New York. From, was it New York? Yeah, he um, was a Ranger for a long time. I thought he went to Dallas for a minute too, in between. But I could be Did mistaken. He? I can't remember. Now if I'm he having Sergey Zubov flashbacks. <laughs> but he was he was like a playoff push kind of guy. But smaller guy Kaprizov, too. Yeah, they just they clicked and they hit it off, and that's been like a career resurgence for him. And it looks like you know he re-upped a little while ago. But they've done really well playing together. So I think sometimes it's just a matter of like finding somebody that kind of speaks that same type of hockey language as you. Mm-hmm. They'd be an like, older guy too. Well, even like look at Kane and Panarin, like you know, or yeah. even Kane and Jabrinkit, like he and. It, he, you know, he's elevated a ton of dudes when he was here, but there was something different watching him play with Panarin. Like they just got each other in this way. So I don't know if right. you're going to be able to, to go out and, you know, to just find that type of person. But I think it doesn't necessarily have to be like a top five pick. It doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be an $11 million a year free agent. Right. But it's, you know, it, it could come from different places. They're just going to have to try a couple different well, places. Yeah, and Bedard's skill set, it's going to probably be, not be super hard for a lot of people to play with him. Yeah. But yeah, there, like, there's been moments for the season where you see a pass get, you know, Bedard throws a pass across in the forward. It's, it's been Ryan Donato a few times, just like, it's, it's almost like the forward is the response is, I didn't know that that pass could get there, but that's Bedard's skill level. Right. And so, you know, it's awareness kind of, too. Uh, yeah. So, and, um, uh, Chris Kunitz with Crosby, like, you know, yeah, that's yeah. Like, anybody with Crosby. Though. Yeah. But, but like Kunitz is like, he, he spent much of his career playing alongside Crosby and then yeah. that's been Jake Gensel recently. I don't think anybody's putting Kunitz or Gensel in the hall of fame, but you know, they, know. something worked there. So, uh, the Hawks just need to find their, their, their guy to, uh, to compliment Bedard. Um, and it's, as it's probably not coming this season. It's just, I, I think we're we're all kind of lamenting, especially after that holiday break of and the way some of those games went. Notably, 
I think the the St. Louis one was worse just because it's St. Louis and yeah, it was right them. before Although, Christmas. The and, goal on Bennington though. Yeah, oh the, yeah, getting oh, the, Michigan yeah, the Michigan on Bennington was pretty great. Yeah. I that that was uh like, fuck him. That was awesome. Yeah. But Although it, I will give as much as I hate to give Bennington Eddie credit. He no, did don't. post You're something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead, please. No, he posted something the next morning on one of his social media accounts, which was like a joke on how to stop the Michigan. So he at least had somewhat of a sense oh, of humor okay. about it. He did, as he opposed didn't, to I he didn't throw I a water just bottle say, at it or No. While we're on this topic, before we move on, my hopes for Bedard is to do what, what my brother calls the Crosby helicopter line. Where they could just put two wings with him, and then he can make shit happen left and right. So, like, yeah, you do have to find the right guys, and I think you guys are right. Maybe a veteran doesn't maybe have to be, you know, another top guy. But I think once it clicks, like, we can see what Bedard can create. Yeah, I just don't. um... Like, he's not the issue, clearly. (laughs) No, no, no. Which is good. That's encouraging. Like, that's what we want. I was just going down the list of seeing if there's any other uh, Fords out there available via free agency left that the Hawks could bring in that would just do just do something like. I mean, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a contract. <laughs> uh, I mean, Phil Kessel's still out there. Hello, work. Yes, I quit. I have a game tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. We got Phil Kessel. Uh, and it doesn't say anything about these players uh, injuries. Let's be players. honest. I would mark out hard for Phil Kessel. I, I would be all over Phil Kessel. I think we all would. Yeah. yeah. Like, be, it'd, be, it'd be fun. Uh, I don't know what the injury status is of, of most of these guys. So maybe I'm, I'm misspeaking. Phil Kessel just ate too much. He's fine. <laughs> uh, Josh Bailey, uh, Wayne Simmons. They traded for Josh Bailey too. That's the best part. Wayne Simmons oh, is that's good. Right. Is they he traded still... him in the bottom out, I think. Yeah. Is Wayne Simmons still – I mean, he was good, but he's older for sure. Yeah, well, yeah. Let's just, all all these hockey guys are older. older. That's why they're free agents, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see if anything uh, gets changed. But, like, I just – you know, it's just kind of bleak right now. And it's it's it sucks that we are – you know, we've got another 45 games left after tonight. And it's Oof. it's not probably not going to get much better. Oof. But the the good news, I, I wrote this on the New Year's – it was New Year's Day recap of the New Year's Eve game because I think we were all busy on New Year's Eve. Um, I look, We're in 2024, and I think there are moves coming this summer in some manner that is going to make this team competitive and – well, competitive in the sense that we won't be watching them at the bottom of the standings. Like th- this is the year. I don't think we have to say next uh, next year anymore. I think by – when we get to the 2024-2025 season, there's going to be a little bit more of expectation of a competitive team. Yeah, because so, if you don't, you're just a poverty franchise. Yeah, because because eventually something's got to happen, or you're just um, like next season they don't need to make the playoffs next season, but it would be kind of nice if they snuck into a wild card just to give us something to it, something. It's to recommended. Hold. It's yeah. recommended. It's recommended. Well, for, recommended for my sanity. They're going to have to spend a bunch of money just to get to the floor, anyways. So yeah, no kidding, right? Like yeah, they don't they who are they paying? Contracts coming off the books, and yeah, you maybe maybe they extend Vlasic, you know, but even he's not going to get a ton of money right now. He'll probably get some term, but so yeah, right. they're they're going to have to get some more competent players in, regardless. 
you know, cause you're not just going to go do a bunch of veteran deals at 4 million per like Felino and Perry again. Oh, um, God, you have to do no. something better than that. Yeah. You know, while, while we're here, let, let's, since you said the name, let, let's briefly talk about Nick Felino a little bit because there's, there's been, there's been some chatter lately. Uh, cause there's, it's been several games this season and, uh, a few more of them happened. They've happened with more frequency of late because the Hawks have gotten boat raced a few times in the last month because everybody's hurting the roster so bad. And Nick Felito goes out to the game after uh, afterwards, he goes to the media and, and, and gives all the cliches about, we got to play harder. Uh, you mm. know, uh, there was one where he said, uh, it was, it was after the, the stars, the, the debacle against the stars, where he said they he thought the team had turned a corner after Christmas and maybe they hadn't and I just I don't understand what Nick Felino's the end game is of all of this like I get yes veteran leadership and all that but it's like this team's not good and they're not trying to be good like the the that is the the front office game plan is not to win games at a high rate this season and just at, at some point it just it feels like he's I don't know who is benefiting from all of this, all of these post-game uh, speeches other than Nick Felino. Cosplay captain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's fine. Like, you know, like Seth Jones has been here forever and he, well, maybe not forever, but he's been here for a while. But He, he just will be here forever. Yeah. He just, he doesn't seem like the, the vocal leadership type, which is fine. Um, Not, not, I'd rather like, it's better to to not just fake it and pretend to be the leader when that's not really part of your MO. Um, but Felino like walked in and immediately like assumed the role of team captain or whatever uh, unofficially. And I, I, I get that part of it that that's like kind of what his thing is, but I just, I don't know. It just, it seems like I would love to know if you got, uh you know, some, somebody in a quiet moment around, uh, Connor Bedard or Kevin Korczynski is like, do they just like roll their eyes in the back of the classroom when uh, Felino, when uh, the teachers uh, Nick Felino's up front talking like all this? Because that's I just I don't I don't see what the uh, what's all going to happen because clear clearly it's not having too much of an effect on the ice. Well, and that's kind of like the question is who who is he talking to? Like, what is he talking for? Is he talking because somebody has to say something? So you just kind of say the cliche like hockey stuff when you get your ass beat like that, or is he talking because he feels like he needs to like protect some of these younger guys or like, is he calling them out? Like, I don't, I think that's the thing is he keeps saying these things, but nobody knows really why he's saying them. And it just feels like a step removed from like the reality of the situation. So, you know, he's not going to come out and bus toss people and be like, we can't compete with other teams because our roster is decimated and not talented, but you can't just keep like, you're saying these things that have no meaning when it's like, Oh, like we, we thought we knew, but yeah, well like six guys are hurt and your lineup is bad to begin with in the first place. Like, I don't know what you expect to happen. Sometimes you're just going to get domed. Like that's (laughs) the way it is. Especially Dallas is a really good team. So yeah, it's, it's not, I don't know. I don't know. And these games that they're losing when they're getting beaten so bad, it's, it's like, it's crept in a little bit, you know, Mm. they, they give up a couple and then their shoulders droop. And it's like, 
that's kind of it. And you're just trying to play it out until the game's over and you move on to the next one. Like that's kind of all they can do right now. I don't know what you expect them. There's not going to be some big pushback. Yeah. And go ahead. No, sorry. Oh, you're good. I just wanted to say like, it feels like a lot of the guys who are either wearing the C or, you know, had some kind of leadership role pre Taves and Kane. It's like, who cares? But yeah, I, like obviously I don't remember, you know, Twitter wasn't around in 2007. Well, I don't know if Marty LaPointe was giving big post-game speeches that season. Well, but. I think the problem too is like people pay attention now because Taves kind of restored like a meaning to that role on the team. Mm-hmm. But like, look, it was pretty much whoever's the best player. And it's like at that time, <laughs> you know, there, there's another part of this. That's more like uh hockey specific to it in that, um, uh, in like, it, it's weird to me that in the NHL, after a team loses, there's only two players, ma- at least for the Blackhawks. I can't, I don't know if this is the case with every team. It seems that way, but um, maybe this is like a collectively bargain thing. I don't really know. I should probably look into this more. But after like the Hawks lose a game, there's only two players available to the media after the game. But if you go like in the NFL, MLB, other sports, like, I think everyone's there and available. So it's like the Hawks, like if they, you know, they lose a game or they have a bad night, they just send out Nick Foligno to throw out some cliches and, and, and that's it. Like, and I, it's nice that you're protecting the younger guys like Bedard and Korchinski who may not be as familiar with owning games like that. But also at some point, like I wouldn't mind hearing from those guys after the game, because those are the two guys who two of the guys who are going to be around here for the long haul. And I'd be interested in how they feel about games like that. Um, maybe well, the Hawks are just protecting them from now and which is fine, I guess, but it's, it's less interesting. No. And that's, that's a really good point too. And we've gotten, you know, the, we're in the new CBA now, there's already been at least one or two articles about if they're going to resign Felino. Um, so I, I don't know if that's what all that is, is kind of him showing them this is how you're supposed to do it <laughs> when you get clowned. Yeah. Um, but no, that that's that's an interesting point. Yeah, at some point it would be – I'd much rather hear what they think about it or what they have to say as opposed to just kind of the same hockey dad cliches over and over. Yeah, and I think, Dave, you have a better mind – like than most fans do for that because you have an idea of oh the game's done who do I want to talk to kind of thing um as like a writer but they're gonna send out who's media trained you know mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just kind of I feel like they don't care who talks as long as they're not gonna say anything to point the finger at themselves yeah it's, it it was just that that is the uh the operating system for, for how the media works and or for how the players are selected. And I, I didn't think about that, but till you, like you watch, you watch the post game media scrums and on other sports and like everyone's in the locker room, not just the one or two guys that the team, uh, the two guys that right. the team nominates that night. Again, that, that might be something in the CBA. Um, so it may not be just, a, I, I would, I, I, it feels like that might be the, the answer to it all. I'll have to look into that. But, um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. I like, you know, I, I just, anytime now I see like post-game comments from Nick Felino, like I just kind of rolled my eyes. I'm like, all right, like this, nothing's going to be learned here. So we'll move along. Touche. Yeah. 
All right. Well, uh, I think that's enough of all that talk. We'll, uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back on the other side of this time out. Talk about, uh, well, we got some other hockey stuff to get to. So we'll, we'll do all that and uh, come back on the other side of this break for all of that. Welcome in or welcome in. Welcome back to another. See, folks, it's a new year. We just got to work out the kinks. We took a few weeks off. I got to figure all this out again. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Musings of Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. So there is some other hockey going on in other parts of the world that we wanted to get into in a little bit. Um, uh, namely the World Juniors, which I, uh, Team Canada lost to le- today, which is always funny because Canada thinks they own the sport. So whenever they don't win a hockey tournament, it's instantly hysterical. Um, but there, there's a lot of Blackhawks prospects that are playing. And, and then right now there are four of them on Team USA. And I haven't looked... I forgot to double check and see what Slovakia is up to. Does anybody know? Are they still alive in this tournament? No, they lost. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. That Eric's our world juniors correspondent. There you go. <laughs> uh, but like the, the Hawks have four players on team USA. And I think the, the name that we actually mentioned earlier in the podcast um, and who's probably having the biggest showing so far is Frank Nazer, who's just uh, piling up assists like crazy. Uh, there's some people are putting together uh analytics from it and nazar's at the top of just about all of them so uh i don't know eric did you have any thoughts related to this i don't know how much of the uh, the tournament you've watched so far uh barely any um but no i mean it's even though slovakia got bounced um Guyan had a really good tournament it sounds like and he was one of the three stars today even though they lost to finland in overtime so that's really cool um i don't think missy acted all that much um but no i mean it's World Juniors, I don't know how you would put it in relationship to NCAA. I mean, I'd say it's probably a step above. So for him to show up, and especially I think his line was considered the third line to start, and then they were elevated to basically the second line. But he's had he's on most you know standout lists for the tournament and he's done really really well like that's fantastic to see his pedigree was great like he was a super he was a a higher pick for them um and then i think just the fact that he was hurt people forget just how offensively talented he is um and especially in all the excitement after they secured bedard but you know nazar is a guy that he really the sky's the limit for him too you know his personal comp that he had for himself was Braden Point, and that's the guy he kind of models his game after. And even if he's kind of like a, a little bit like faster, not quite shoot as much pass first version of, you know, that type of playmaking, like that's a fantastic prospect to have. So it's really cool to see him doing so well against some other really, really talented players in his age group. Yeah, uh, you know, we were talking about trying to find a player who can play with Bedard. If they have a pass-first prospect in the system who can come up and develop some chemistry, someone who can get the puck to Bedard in uh, scoring situations with that shot that he has, uh, yeah, sign sign me up for some of that. Absolutely. Well, Nazer's fast, and he makes some really, like, sneaky, shifty little tip hockey plays, too, where it's – you're like, how did he know that guy was open? So I, I think it'll be really interesting to see if, if and when you know they end up playing the two of them together. Whether I'm assuming he's gonna, they're gonna sign him after Michigan season is done. It, I mean, it all, certainly feels that way. 
It yes. definitely does. So it'd be nice to see him for, I think there's six games left, um, depending on when the season ends with the, the Frozen Four for Michigan. Uh, there'd be six or seven games for him to get a crack, you know, in the NHL. Um, so that'd be interesting. Yeah, definitely to see them together and see if, you know, we see a little bit of that develop. Mill, have you had a chance to watch any of the tournament? Um, not all that much, although you guys know kind of how I feel about things like this <laughs> for the most yeah. part. And yeah. also Under- understandable. Um, but, but no, it is, it can be fun. Um, I'm kind of just looking at the Hawks more lately, kind of thinking, how are we going to clean this mess up? And I don't want to think about draft picks because I feel like the last three seasons, all we've done is talked about draft picks and yeah, well, <laughs> and, and future <laughs> prospects, which is, is great. But, um, I, no, I no it's know. not mill. It sucks ass. Cause we're doing it again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it is what it is, but I mean, it's always funny when Canada's out early because they all they do is talk shit. Mm-hmm. Well, they care so much more than anyone else. Like, oh, oh yeah, man. the world junior them winning juniors is like your team in America winning the Super Bowl. Well, and they just assume that they're going to every year and that they're gonna you know show up and roll and you know they they had players they had the pedigree again you know obviously Bedard wasn't there this year but. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, the rest of the world is catching up. They're really good too. And, and actually, uh, like on a, I think it was the Athletic. Somebody put together an article that was talking about the 2026 World Cup of Hockey or the Olympics, whatever the hell they're doing. I feel like it's changed every other year with what the actual tournament is. But the next time that they're going to do a best on best international competition, they laid out the roster that the uh, USA can roll out, and it's. It's pretty damn good. Now, obviously, uh, Canada's got a, a a young reinforcement on the way that we're all getting pretty familiar with, who will be a terrifying thing to try and stop. But um, yeah, the 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 rest of I feel like that that that's happening in every sport where the rest of the world is catching up to countries that used to think they own the sport. Like I think that's happened to American basketball a lot. Yeah, go yeah, my I mean my countrymen. Yeah. Uh they figured out, oh, we're really tall. We should learn how to play this sport. <laughs> um, you know what's funny though is how many great players for like Canadian teams, particularly the Leafs and the Habs, have been American. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean Austin like Matthews one, obviously right now, now, but yep. but, yeah. but I feel like the Habs have had multiple like American captains. Wasn't Gianta American? That's a good question. I don't know. But like we I had this conversation a long time ago with my brother. We were just talking about how it's funny how they may not even want to buy that guy's shirt because of the pride for their country. And not in like a in a weird like a bad way, but just like they they love Canada. But it's yeah. just like, hey, like there's some pretty good American players and Austin Matthews is from Arizona. <laughs> like there's no ice out there. Yeah. Gianta is was an American. All still right. Is. So so still, still, still is <laughs> confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Dave. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, the Hawks lost. Uh, hopefully that that wasn't a spoiler alert for anybody who gets this podcast on Wednesday morning or afternoon. At least they get their ass kicked, but that was boring as hell. Yeah, yeah. It was not. It was not a very exciting or riveting game. They didn't score. A couple guys got hurt. It's just. It's all. It's all bad. It, it, there's just there, there wasn't really much redeeming about the game tonight. Uh, Bedard didn't score. The Hawks didn't win. That like that's that's about 
That's about the way. That's about the way most of the games have gone. This can, I, can I use a Tomlinism here? Please do. We're not trying to paint with a broad brush. <laughs> I just feel bad. I wish Betsy would get like an enjoyable game to cover and or see in person. She's been pretty. I think she's gotten the worst of it by far of all of us this season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe that's her fault. I hope she had some good drinks. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hopefully, because uh, I think I'm, I think I'm about to go have one after this one's all wrapped up. I had to crack a beer at our halftime because I was just thinking about God. Do I have to talk about more Nick Florino? Ugh. No, 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 you don't. We're we're done. Thank God, <laughs> we're done with that part of the conversation at least. Um, I uh, so this is the uh, the part of the show where uh, I, we transition to uh, reclaiming our title as the best food themed podcast on the internet. And or I think hockey. Wow, Dave, we're yeah, just, see, I'm completely, we just best, took over the whole the world there. Food, the best food themed hockey podcast on the internet. That's what it was. I, I kind of like folks, the first one. I, I took a week off and we took one week off twice and I'm just completely stumbling over my own words. Not our anyway, house kitchen. Uh, I, I guess, well, cause mill your Christmas is still coming up. Um, Correct. Sunday. Eric and Eric and I still uh, I've already celebrated ours. So I guess, Eric, I'll start with you. Uh, was there any any review, any anything new that you learned or uh, discovered at this year's uh, f- uh, holiday feast that you partook in? Um, No, no, it was pretty. <laughs> All right. Pretty, good night, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty classic. Pretty, you know, straight down the line for Christmas. Nothing, nothing too fancy or new. Yeah, I was trying. I was trying to think if I had anything new either. Just a uh, just an ungodly amount of cookies. Uh, I uh, participated in more cookie making this year than I ever have before, um, which uh, I highly recommend. By the way, just uh, getting involved in and some of the holiday food preparation, whatever it is, because there's there's something significantly more rewarding about spending several hours putting food together and then eating it a few days later. Um, I'm tending so, bar. Does that count? Sure. Why not? Uh, you're gonna. You're gonna. How much of? Uh, how much are you gonna pour yourself though? Uh, uh, it's an equal. It's a one for you, one for me. <laughs> yeah. One for everybody, really. So, that sounds. That sounds dangerous. I will say though, I'm looking forward to Saturday. I believe we're having pierogies for Christmas Eve. Ooh. And uh, can't really go wrong there. So all right. So that's uh. Pierogi is just I, – I feel like it's just a wildly underrated food in general. But We've never like, had them on Christmas, so I'm well, excited. Yeah. Uh, my, I have an uncle who makes hundreds, uh, usually two or three days before Christmas to like – he has all his children, most of them who are uh, into their 20s and working now. Um, but they all will go back to the house to help out because it's in an all-day operation. I've gone to help a few times uh, mm. when I've been free, and they make hundreds of pierogies with uh, – Usually, uh, I think cheese and potato and sauerkraut are the fillings for them. Um, I, I I feel like most people in the Chicagoland area, yeah, Chicagoland area, are aware of pierogies because it's a very uh, it's a very common dish around uh, Eastern European cultures. I know it's my family has a lot of Polish in it, and we are very much a pierogi family. Um, so, and Mel, it sounds like you're going to get your first taste of it, but you've been aware of pierogies, right? Oh, I, we eat them all the time. We just never had them for Christmas. Okay. So, so I guess, I guess, yeah. I guess the whole food take of this evening is, uh, if you haven't had pierogi yet, go, go get yourself some pierogi. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I've ever had a filling, even if it wasn't something I wanted to have, or I was like, oh, I don't like this. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not the biggest sauerkraut person in the world. I prefer it mostly as a condiment on hot dogs or polo sausages. Um, but uh, inside a inside a pierogi, it's outstanding. So yeah. there's like a magical little thing that happens when you put something in a pierogi. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So, so that, there you go, folks. Go, go get yourself some pierogi. Sorry to boast about my excitement. Yeah, yeah. Hey, go get yourself some pierogi for the next Blackhawks game, so you have something to look forward to. Because the the game on ice probably won't be uh, the thing you you'll be looking Ooh, forward to. They should have. I was going to say, too. yeah. Make sure get two extra and put them over your eyes, <laughs> so that you don't have to watch the game. <laughs> Damn straight. There we go. Although they might slide off. Uh, that's what the sour cream's for to hold them in place mm. spackle <laughs> right. it on there yeah well we're talking about using sour cream as spackle so it's definitely time to wrap up this episode um so so quickly look ahead to the week the hawks have uh starting tonight was the first of a six day uh it, let's see they've got in eight days they have five games well, actually, and, and spread that they've got oh they've got so many games coming up they play like every other day and then there's a, even a back-to-back mix in there so between now between now and the 19th of january they play 10 games so that's 10 games in 18 days uh, coming up this week they got thursday against the rangers friday at the devils home to the flames on sunday and then home to the oilers on tuesday night so uh, that's uh, seems like four pretty good teams to me. Calgary is recovering, right? They're they're uh, they're more mediocre than good, but uh, those other three teams—New York, New Jersey, and Edmonton—those are uh, those are going to be some problems. So uh, maybe oh, yeah. m- maybe uh, maybe get some vodka to go with your pierogi, folks, because it's going to be a tough week. Um, but we'll uh, we'll be back next week to talk all about it. Maybe Connor Bedard will do some cool shit and give us some more uh, some more things to salivate over uh any other thoughts before we wrap up this episode uh the only other thing that i wanted to say that was actually positive the only positive thing I okay please do we could use some positivity uh, around no here. there was a there was a video the other night the blackhawks like most professional sports teams now have some type of thing that they give out at the end of the game and then they have a little speech or whatever and so like yeah, their their belt. Blackwell gave it to Korchinski after his first game back the other night, and it was just it was a nice moment. I think you could see how much it it meant to him, and you know the the team supporting each other. Korchinski, obviously, you know everybody knows what happened with his family. He's going to be here for a long time. I think he's a pretty easy guy to root for. Um, so it was just it was a nice thing to see. We love there, that for Korch. He's our guy. Yeah, yeah. big big Korch fans over here, and uh, yeah. That's that's a good note to end on. So let's let's end it right there. Um, so thank you very much for listening to this episode. Uh, we'll be we'll be back again next week talking about uh, well well something something Blackhawks related for sure. Hopefully it's something good. But uh, thanks again to you for listening. Thanks to Mill and Eric for hanging out this evening. We might have Betsy next week if she's uh or maybe she'll be stuck in the bars in Nashville. We don't know. Uh, but somebody will be back here on these airwaves next week talking about some Blackhawks hockey and probably some food stuff at the end. And uh, we'll see you then. 